Hello and welcome to the Revenge of the Drive-In commentary track on Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Although I don't know who's watching Bounty Law at 8.30 on Thursday. Do, do they have hour-long <laughs> shows start at, the, start at a half-hour mark? I feel they like it's probably have. only half-hour shows. I mean, Well, sir, when I was watching okay. Stargate SG-1 on Space Channel oh, in Canada, God. sometimes it would start at 7.30 in the morning and go till 8.30. Yeah, but, but that's because they knew they didn't have an audience. It's <laughs> How so very dare you? I am the one Canadian. If it's showing at 7.30 in the morning, it does not have an audience. I mean, that's that's just a fact. So you know this movie has a, I don't know if it's a novelization or if it's a novel that just happens to have the same name, but it's written by Tarantino and maybe it's slightly related. Oh, really? At any rate, I have no interest in reading it because like, you know, Tarantino's a good screenwriter. I have no idea if he's a good novelist. There's a big difference between the two, you know. I think he writes dialogue in a very interesting way. Yes, certainly. But I, I don't know if he would write a good book. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. And I mean, maybe it's great. Maybe it's okay. Maybe it's not very good. I, I really don't know. But I mean, bottom line is I'm just not that interested in it. But mm-hmm. there are two points of interest I want to bring up from it. One I'll bring up later um, as we look at the face of mortality before all of us here in Al Pacino. <laughs> Uh, I was going to say, one of the most aged depictions of Pacino, other than uh, when he wakes up and looks in the mirror. I was going to say, it's not a depiction of Pacino, it's just Pacino. (laughs) It is just Pacino. (laughs) But yeah, this is the um, fresh off of Jack and Jill. Actually, not really fresh. This is like seven or eight years (laughs) after Jack and Jill. Jill. But this this is well into that 30 or so year stretch of Al Pacino. Doing nothing? Not doing nothing, but not giving a fuck about anything, certainly. And obvi- obviously Jack and Jill falls in there, as does Geely. He stopped caring. I-, I feel like Al Pacino stopped actually trying to act around time of Scarface because Scarface kind of showed him, oh, I can just yell and people still love me. Yeah, I can just show up. The first thing I wanted to bring up about the Once Upon a Time in Hollywood book, so circling back to Tarantino's just fascinated with this period in Hollywood history. I have a picture of the dedication of the book pulled up here on Google Images. This book is dedicated to my wife, Daniela, and my son, Leo, which is news to me. I did not know he was married, nor did he, nor that he had a kid. Me as well, yep. Maybe he's talking about Leonardo DiCaprio. Maybe he adopted him if his son was Leo. <laughs> so, that'd be so funny. Thanks for creating a happy home from which to write in. Also... To all the actor old-timers who told me tremendous stories about Hollywood in this period. And it's because of them that you hold this book in your hands now. And then he names them. Bruce Dern. You know, he obviously worked with Bruce Dern on... Hateful Eight. Hateful Eight, yeah. Is, is Bruce Dern in this movie, too? Because it I seems like everyone Tarantino's ever known is in this movie, almost. I don't think he's in this movie. Okay, I wasn't sure. Well, I can tell you who's not in this movie. It's the next person named David Carradine. Because we all yeah. know what happened to him. <laughs> Burt Reynolds also deceased. Oh, poor Burt Reynolds. To my, no- to my knowledge, uh, is is Burt Reynolds maybe in Jackie Brown? I don't. I don't think he think is. But that would make th- that would make sense if he had like a small part in Jackie Brown because that's like the seventies kind of thing. But... You know who is in Jackie Brown that I forgot's in Jackie Brown? It's um, oh shit, Michael I Keaton. His name. Right? I think he is, but also uh, Chris Tucker. Oh, uh, Mr. Lolito Express himself. 
Um, <laughs> his name is all over those Epstein flight records. Oh, yeah. He's one of the oh, most yeah. random public figures <laughs> to be involved in that. And then, anyways, the other names, Robert Blake... Michael Parks, Robert Forster. Robert Forster mm-hmm. is in Jackie Brown, maybe yep. another Tarantino movie or two. And he's also passed away now as well. Yes, he's he's deceased. And especially Kurt Russell, who's kind of the wild card. He's clearly the youngest of this group, but he was a Hollywood figure back then because he was uh, a child star in a bunch of like old Disney movies and stuff in like the late 60s, early 70s. And actually, Kurt Russell's first film appearance, he shows up in It Happened at the World's Fair where he kicks Elvis in the shin, I think when Elvis steals his balloon or something (laughs) like that. So that's Kurt Russell's first role. But I want to highlight one of these names here. Robert Blake. Do you happen to know who that is? Not a clue. I mean, I I don't blame you. I didn't know either, but it's a a weird name to drop in like a dedicatory way because this dude is a fucking murderer. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> okay. So that's, that's why I wanted to bring this up. He's he's an actor. He's uh, like Kurt Russell, but much older. He was a child star. He was one of the little rascals. Um, his last film <laughs> was... was a little rascal. Yeah, you know, he was a big rascal eventually. <laughs> oh, here we go, Bruce Lee. Yeah. Okay, so, so here's the second thing I'm going to talk about that was... Okay, so, so again, I have no interest in reading the Bruce or the Bruce Lee book, the, the, the Tarantino Once Upon a Time in Hollywood book. But uh, a, few, a few things came to my attention because they were floating around on Twitter. One was the Robert Blake murderer being thanked in the book, which I just think is funny. I'm not even like holding that against Tarantino. I just think it's funny and it looks bad. I, I That having been said, I think the bigger, the more embarrassing thing, it's not thanking, it's not dedicating your book to a murderer. It's dedicating it to a guy that died jerking off. I think that's the more embarrassing part. Yeah, that's part. pretty embarrassing. I'll but another thing that he said that really offended some people on Twitter was he's, he was talking about like Bruce Lee and Bruce Lee's disdain he had for American stunt people. Mm-hmm. And people like retweeted that and just like completely without context or like, oh, what are they talking about? Bruce Lee's from San Francisco. It's like, yeah, he was. But... Bruce Lee lived in China, or in Hong Kong, I should say, for a good part of his life, and he was very much involved. I mean, yes, he was in Hollywood first, but he was very much involved in the Hong Kong film film industry. And I mean, I'm not confirming, because I don't know. I don't know if what Tarantino said was true, but it certainly might have been true. That, like, you know, he's in Hollywood for a bit. He's doing his Green Hornet or Green Lantern or um, Green Giant or whatever he's doing. And then and then he goes <laughs> and does his Hong Kong movies. And it's like, oh, my God, people are so much better here. Like, he might have he might have thought that. I don't know. Um, yeah. Well, I know. But, I know like, this. I think I think just discounting what Tarantino said just because, oh, he was born in San Francisco. I was like, yes, he was. But people move. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, people, <laughs> people, people, people move. Yeah, because you're Bruce born in San Lee Francisco doesn't mean you have like an inherent love of like Americans. Genuinely, out of Tarantino's movies, I think this is probably my favorite, or it's ranked at the very top with Kill Bill Volume One. Jesus, I I really don't like the Kill Bills. I just I just don't. I like them sp- mainly for their over the top action. That's what I like. okay okay, but but and to really me, Kill Bill one, is. Two is kinda, eh. 
Like, because I, I, we haven't gotten to this. I th- I'm pretty sure we touched upon this last time, but I, I've joked around about Tarantino on the podcast before, just kind of, because he's easy to kind of make poke fun at, because he's a fucking weirdo who loves feet, and he's ugly <laughs> as hell, and <laughs> and no, he's also so. just like, but, but I think my biggest complaint about Tarantino, because obviously he's a very good filmmaker, he's certainly a great screenwriter, he's a good director, He's he's a terrible actor, but... The longer he's gone into his career, the the less likely he's going to put himself in his movies. So that's good because yeah. if you look at like, he's awful in From Dusk Till Dawn. He's, he's really bad in that, and he's terrible in Death Proof. I will say. Okay, I haven't seen that one, but I believe you. I mean, he's bad in Pulp Fiction, but it's like a one scene thing. Mm-hmm. I want to say he says the N word like ten times in that I scene think he does. because he also, that's because he's Quentin Tarantino, and he's all he's also bad in. Django Unchained as like an Australian. Oh, I, yeah, I, yeah, He's that was like a yeah. Isn't he like with Tom Savini? I think so. Yeah, I think he shows up with Tom Savini, and then they end up blowing up from dynamite. Yeah. I vaguely remember <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah, yeah oh, okay. I remember the bad Australian accent. Yeah, but anyways, the biggest kind of issue I have with Tarantino. And I'm talking about this during maybe the best scene he's ever directed, which is kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. I'm just like I'm I'm just kind of out on Tarantino because I feel like. He's mostly just homaging things that he likes, and and that's what that's what I really like about this movie because they, even though there's these tributes to this like late '60s and even the films of the late '60s, because you see the that clip that goes on way too long showing the all the you know the Nazi um, f- yeah. uh, flamethrower movies and, and like all that <laughs> stuff. Like even <laughs> yeah. though there's those aspects to this movie, this movie truly feels like it's its own thing, and I feel like a lot of his other more recent movies haven't felt like that. Django, to me, was just a bad spaghetti western. Maybe well, not bad. Maybe bad's, bad's a strong word, but like uh, it certainly didn't elevate it beyond being just like a spaghetti western homage to me. Well, you know, we spoke about this briefly in the first recording. This is, in my opinion, Tarantino's only movie that feels truly grounded in reality and centered around well uh, up to a certain point because the end is very pure it's pure fantasy but i understand what you mean yeah and i mean yeah because because inglorious bastards is it gets really heightened at the end because inglorious bastards basically has the same ending as this because it's just like you just flip a switch and we're no longer recreating history Mm -hmm. uh but i would say that movie overall is a bit more heightened throughout than this movie yeah, or even like some of his movies that are set in like a normal reality, like Reservoir Dogs, Jackie Brown, uh, stuff like that. They feel, they just don't feel as real as this somehow. This just feels so natural, especially like the way you have Brad Pitt and DiCaprio playing off each other. They genuinely feel like real friends. Oh yeah, and By the they end do. of this movie, you're almost sad to have the movie end because you're like, I want to see this friendship continue on for a little, for at least a little bit longer, you know? Mm-hmm. For me, this is like a, a standout Tarantino movie, and it's it's just fantastic. Yeah, I would probably have this as my second or third favorite. I, I'd have to see Inglorious Bastards again. My favorite is certainly Pulp Fiction. I think that's um, legitimately a great movie. But I, th- I think the, the, the kind of the mistake that we have, I would say it's a mistake anyways, is we kind of all think, we think of, or I guess Tarantino has just, over time, He's just become like kind of an art director, like an you know he's he's become yeah. Yeah. a uh, Fincher or 
you know, insert name of really popular but also, like, um, incredibly critically acclaimed director, like a Scorsese. I mean, he's not on the level of Scorsese. Only about two or three people in history probably are. Mm -hmm. But he's, like, kind of in there. And not that he doesn't have the skill, but I just don't view him that same way. I view him as, like, a... I think he's the world's greatest exploitation filmmaker. You know, I'm going to I think he's the best possible version of Lucio Fulci. And every now and then he'll make a movie that isn't an exploitation film like this. And you realize it's really good. But I think his his kind of his bread and butter is that Django Unchained, you know, tribute to the Spaghetti Western. Well, you know, and the thing about Tarantino is, I mean, he's spoken about it a million times. But I mean, he grew up in L.A. He worked at a, at a, at a yeah, the video movie store, store yeah. right? And I think... Yeah, so he's seen everything. I mean... You're right. Like, and, but I think Tarantino, at the end of the day, is a director who wanted to make sure that he had his own like section in a video store you know what i mean like if you walk into a video store you have like a tarantino-esque section or like 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 a like tarantino. well it's funny you say that because tarantino as much as any modern filmmaker i can think of inspired like knockoffs yeah you know what i mean yeah. like especially you know i don't think i don't think the movies movies he's doing now are being ripped off but like pulp fiction reservoir dogs those spawned the, a decade Countless of like kind of ripoffs movies. Isn't that Eli Roth's uh, wife? Okay, right yes, we got to talk about this. His his Italian wife in this film is played <laughs> by Lorenza Izzo, mm-hmm. who is, I believe, Chilean. Eli Roth is, other than Tarantino, the other director I've kind of clowned on on our podcast repeatedly, and he deserves it a lot more than Tarantino does. I'll be upfront about that. I really don't think Eli Roth. I, he's actually not a terrible director, but he's a he's an awful writer. Tarantino at least is a great writer. He, not to mention he's a good director too. But Eli Roth is. I mean, he's he's behind the hostile movies. He's made a couple like half decent movies, but he clearly had like some kind of friendship or working relationship with Tarantino because when Hostel first came out, I remember because I was too young to see Hostel or Saw in the theaters when those came out mm-hmm. but how i kind of distinguished them saw when it was coming out was saw was the movie with the puppet with the game over with the reverse bear trap like you, you kind of yeah. had images from saw that stuck out hostile i don't think they showed a whole lot of images in the trailer probably because they couldn't because that movie's insane insanely violent but the big thing was from producer quentin tarantino and that was probably the first time I had really heard the name Quentin Tarantino, because we're talking, I'm, that comes out in 2005, so I'm 12 or 13 when that, when that movie comes out. Then um, Eli Roth, years later, first of all, Tarantino might have had something to do with Cabin Fever as well. That's Eli Roth's first movie. I don't know, though. But then Eli Roth appears in Inglorious Bastards. I believe he plays the bear Jew. He does, The guy with yeah. the baseball bat. Yeah. Anyways. I am suspecting, I've never heard anything about this, but I suspect there was a rift at some point between Tarantino and Eli Roth. And I think it revolved, <laughs> I have a feeling it revolved around Lorenza Izzo, this woman, <laughs> because she shows up in this Tarantino movie, which has nothing to do with Eli Roth. Eli Roth does not have a cameo here. He does not play Steve McQueen or John Wayne or anybody like that. I don't think John Wayne would have been at the Playboy Mansion, but you know, they could have thrown <laughs> yeah. him in somewhere else. You could have had Eli Roth as Dean Martin in the little uh, the Sharon Tate movie. Yeah. Uh, it would have been a little weird, but whatever. But 
Eli Roth and Lorenza Izzo got divorced around this time, I want to say. So so it's my working conspiracy theory that Tarantino basically, who who I've learned looking at this book dedication, that I've learned he's married. I didn't know that, but I have a feeling. I have no real reason to believe this, but I'm going to go with it anyways and say that Tarantino ruined Eli Roth's marriage. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you're saying that. Well, let me last first of all, time, let huh? me let me confirm that Eli Roth is divorced because I could be wrong about that cuz sometimes you hear about a divorce and then it doesn't happen cuz that was the case with like remember years ago it was like oh Will Smith and uh Jada Pinkett Smith are getting divorced and then it's like that was like f- 6 years ago they're still married so yeah, they, just they divorced really in 2019. Guess what year oh, this movie came out? Weird. Was it 2019? Yes. 